Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. 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 The Bob Seska Show. This right here, brand new theme song for the interview show. I've been searching for something uh, like this for months and months and months now, and I've narrowed it down to this one. I've decided to finally pull the trigger with all new music here at the top of the interview show. I hope you dig it. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, Feb 16, 2022, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello, day 394 of the Biden-Harris administration, 265 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, we have a genuine A-lister on the show today. The great Allison Gill is here. A.G. is the host of the Muller She Wrote podcast and the Daily Beans podcast on the MSW Media Network, which, by the way, has merged with our very own Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. So today, I thought we'd talk about why and how A.G. was fired, purged, if you will, from her government job by Donald Trump's minions. We're also going to dig into the Mazar story and the ridiculousness from John Durham and Fox News about alleged spying on Trump. Meantime, if you like what you hear today, think about signing up for our bonus content at bobseskashow.com. All right, hang on tight. Here's my talk with Allison Gill. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. So, you know, I've been talking about uh, Trump's purge of the federal bureaucracy lately. Uh, specifically, I've been mentioning some of the hinky things, at least that I've been observing with the, uh, the jobs numbers coming out of BLS. And I've received notes from skeptics kind of pushing back on this Trump purge the bureaucracy of disloyalists, pushing back on that story. But you were actually the victim of the purge, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's... Um pretty cut and dry for what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was, it wasn't until after I left that they actually started doing the, you know, people found out about their interviewing, mm-hmm. um, particularly political appointees for their loyalty. Yeah. Uh, but in 2017, I, I started the Mueller She Wrote podcast in my spare time. Mm-hmm. 
And in April of 2019, my new bosses flew out to California from DC and made me come to their hotel yeah. uh, on a yeah. weekend and, and informed me that my job was moving across the country. Wow. And so I said, all right, well, I'm not moving, um, as, as you know, <laughs> because one of those supervisors uh, got the job that was offered to me in D.C. And I had turned it down because I didn't want to move to D.C. Yeah. And so uh, I took 12 weeks. I took my leave. I had been saving leave up for 10 plus years working at the Department of Veterans Affairs. So I took all my leave at once and just waited for them to fire me. <laughs> they, they didn't. Uh, the 12 weeks went by and they brought me back. Uh, and I said, well, I'm teleworking, right? And they're like, no, you have to be in the office. And I'm like, but I live in San Diego and my office is now in Washington, D.C. That's kind oh, of a God. ridiculous commute. Yeah. Well, I put in for a reasonable accommodation to be able to telework 100% of the time, which they denied. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was fighting that back and forth. But interestingly, uh, the Monday I came back, which I think was August 6th, something around that time, uh, April, you know, to four months later. Uh, and I got a phone call and I thought it was going to be a, hey, welcome back. Here's what you missed type phone call. But instead, it was a. I was informed that it was a fact-finding investigation. Oh God! And, and then I needed to answer questions. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I would like my lawyers present." And they denied me my representation twice, and then started to ask me questions like, uh, "They they said, are you in front of your computer?" I was like, "Yes." They did this sort of courtroom show uh, where they're like, "All right, we need you to go to." www.https colon backslash backslash like they spelled it all out for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh Muller she wrote.com. Oh no. Uh, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> because I'd been using a pseudonym and doing this in my spare time. I even hired lawyers to make sure that I didn't run afoul of the Hatch Act, which yeah. you know allows you to to engage in political discourse and fundraising as a, as a, you know, a, a federal government employee, executive mm -hmm. branch employee. And uh, so I go to MullerSheWrote.com. They're like, all right, now click on hosts. And I click on hosts and there's a big picture of me. Oh God. And, like scroll down. AG, is that you? <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm like, you know who I am. Like you've seen me. <laughs> we work together. Yeah. And they're treating you like a child, though. I would have been offended just by the way they were approaching that myself. It's I, just like, yeah. Are, are you my dad? Are you, did I forge your signature on an interim report or something like that? Why are you tr treating me like this? <laughs> right. Like, what's wrong with just like, do you host this podcast? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah ex exactly right. That would have been the adult thing to do. Sure. So I'm like, look, I think I really need representation. And they're like, no, if you don't answer these questions, you're going to be in trouble. I'm like, all right, fine. Yes, that's me. <laughs> so stupid. Jeez. And then they take me to a Twitter. They, they have me put a URL into my <laughs> search bar. And it's, you know, twitter.com slash HG dash four eight. And this big string of numbers. It's somebody's Twitter post. Instead of just, you know, messaging it to me, the link or whatever, they, yeah. they read it out and have me type it in letter by letter and number by number. God. And I go there and they're like, we want you to watch that video clip because somebody had posted a video clip of my appearance at Parkway Theater mm. on June 14th when I was on leave, leave that I earned. 
<laughs> and uh, it was also a weekend. So even if I wasn't on leave, it's like my extra spare time, I guess. Yeah. And uh, it's a video of me. Can I swear on your show? Absolutely. All right. It's a video of me leading the audience in a three-part harmony of the word fucked. <laughs> and I, I close every show with this. Uh, I get I divide the audience into to, to four parts and they fucked, fucked, fucked. And then I have the mezzanine level go fucked. And then we all cheer. And, and we pick... We decide who's fucked that week. That week it was Manafort. Uh-huh. And uh, so it said, Manafort is fucked, fucked. And we have a, it goes on for like 30 seconds. Yeah. And then I cut it off and it's standing ovation. And I'm inside both terrified that I've run afoul of some rules, mm-hmm. but also dying laughing because this is so hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, is that you? Like, like oh my like, god, like John Stewart and on weed, you know. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, yes, that's me. <laughs> and then they started to ask me questions like, who pays you? Is this a second job? Blah blah blah. And here's the weird thing, Bob. Yeah, I'd been a comedian before I started that podcast. I'd been a comedian, a successful nationally touring headliner comedian for 10 years mm-hmm. telling dick jokes and being on television and, and all this <laughs> other stuff. And they never had a problem with that. They only had a problem with it when Trump was the dick joke. And yeah, and uh, it, it proceeded to me just battling to get telework. So, because I couldn't go to the office in DC cause I live across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, also August 6th, the day they did that fact finding investigation, an article came out in the Washington post about Mick Mulvaney talking to a group of Republican donors saying, we finally found a way to fire government employees. We don't like, cause it's really difficult to fire a government employee. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I was especially hard to fire because I had 11 years of outstanding performance evaluations, not mm-hmm. excellent, not satisfactory, outstanding. It's the highest you can get. And so Mick Mulvaney says to this group of donors, well, will we just move their jobs across country? Remember he did it with the scientists at the USDA. We just moved their job. Yeah. Yeah. And then they quit. They all quit. And then ha ha, we got rid of them. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is fascinating. But I also had this like deep seated imposter syndrome where I'm like, they're not listening to me. They don't know who I am. I know exactly how that is. Yeah. No one's listening to my show. Doing a podcast in my kitchen in my spare time, you know. But as it turns out, after a FOIA request, which I didn't find until after I had already left the organization, Mm -hmm. there was uh, documents presented to the secretary of the VA at the time, Wilkie, who was a Trump appointee, Mm -hmm. who also... um, you know, ignored sexual assault at the VA. And he was just a bad dude wow. getting all that uh, information. And, and the, the VA was basically being run by those, those three shadow guys, shadow doctors from Mar-a-Lago oh, yeah. <laughs> who wanted to privatize the whole shebang. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, it was, it was Wilkie who was actually monitoring my social media. I found some of these reports to the secretary of the VA about my tweets specifically about whistleblowers and uh and the whistleblower office and mm-hmm. i you know i had actually interviewed on my show i got to interview the secretary of the va that trump fired uh david shulkin 
and we talked about that and but they were monitoring my social media and so this imposter syndrome starts to melt away after after I've already left the organization like <laughs> my god they were listening mm-hmm. they were and they investigated my show and they could have just fired me when I said I wasn't going to move across the country and they probably could have you know wrapped it up as some sort of uh you know restructuring or something yeah management reason, but they didn't. And, um, so I, I filed some, it, interestingly, when I, when I was asking for hundred percent telework, they finally granted it. Like they were like, okay, you don't have to come to DC or wherever. And, uh, they gave me these really strict telework, um, rules. Now mm-hmm. I've been teleworking one or two days a week. All of us have been teleworking one or two days a week before that. And our telework rules were pretty basic, Yeah. but they gave me what looked like a PIP, which is a performance improvement plan. Like if you've done something wrong, if you violated some telework rules, then they put you on stricter telework, but I hadn't ever, nor had I been even verbally warned about anything that I did wrong with telework, but they gave me these restrictions. Like I have to answer my phone within five rings. It can't go to voicemail. I have to call my boss in DC and tell him when I'm going on my two 15 minute breaks and my lunch. It has to be between 10 and 11 AM and two and 3 PM. Wow. Your lunch has to be between 11 and noon. Uh, and, uh, you have to have be green and available on your messenger at all times. And yeah. And, I, and, and no chewing gum in class. Right. Right. And I was like, this is also stupid. And my lawyers wrote them back and said, this is, she's not signing this. Cause you have to sign a telework agreement. Both mm-hmm. parties have to agree to it. She's like, she's not signing this. This is retaliatory. And, uh, and then I filed right then I filed a complaint with the equal employment opportunity office EEO. And then five days later, my boss sends it to everyone in the office. Like it's been, it's just been the, the, the plan for everyone the whole time you weren't singled out. Right. But the, but emails have dates on them. Uh, he, maybe he didn't know that. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I ended up, um, not suing, but filing, uh, official complaints and grievances and fought for gosh, over a year and a half. Uh, to get my severance, which I finally got, I was awarded my severance and I was going to go after damages too, but I didn't want to drop six figures on a lawyer and file, file a federal lawsuit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just, I said, that's good. Severance is good enough. Uh, You know, peace out. Um, I think the best thing from all of this was I was finally removed from my position in March of 2020, which freed me up from the Hatch Act. I was no longer bound by the Hatch Act as, because I was no longer a federal employee. March of 2020. So what's that? Nine months before the election? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they freed me up to to fundraise mm-hmm. for Biden and Harris, and uh, I got together with a couple of podcasts, and we put together a fundraising uh, effort that that netted about a half a million dollars for Biden, Harris, and Ossoff and Warnock. And nice. so the way that I look at it is, yeah, they they fired me, but because they fired me, I was able to turn around and, and help fire them. <laughs> yeah. We'll show you. That sounds uh, <laughs> like a great plan that, that worked kind of nicely, although it sucks that you lost your job and was it officially the hatch act? And here's the interesting part. They actually couldn't find anything that I had done wrong. You know, I had hired yeah. a great group of, of, of legal advisors to advise me on the hatch act. Mm-hmm. I, I did nothing wrong. They yeah. tried to go after me for hatch act. They tried to go after me for violations of leave but they couldn't find anything. So what they eventually got me for was that they couldn't continue to grant my reasonable accommodation requests. So they um, declared me medically unfit to continue to work 
for the Department of Veterans Affairs and removed me from my job for that purpose. What is that? <laughs> a medically unfit? What kind of basis did they have to make that decision? I have no, I don't know. Medically uh, unfit. I have PTSD and, yeah. and I'm like, look, I, I, it's, it, I'm not going to go into the office. Mm -hmm. I, it's not, no, I need to telework until you fire me. I'm just sitting mm -hmm. around waiting to be fired, you know? And so I think what they, they came up with was that my PTSD disallowed me to be in the office. Yeah. And so therefore, um, and, and the interesting thing is, is even in March 2020, everything shut down and everyone teleworked 100 percent of the time anyway. <laughs> God, just fine. Did you notice, too, was this happening elsewhere? I mean, obviously, we heard reports about it throughout the four years of the Trump presidency that he would go around. And in some cases, he would actually ask people, are you Hillary or are you Trump? And if they were mm -hmm. meaning, did you vote for Hillary or did you vote for me, Donald Trump? And if they answered Hillary, then they were their time there was short. Uh, and so it was happening all over the place. Have you bumped into anyone else who was the victim of this purge? Just folks that, you know, I I text and are friends now that have inspired me, like Alexander Vindman, Colonel Vindman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Pete, Pete Strzok, Andy McCabe. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all we're all Dave, uh, Shulkin, the VA secretary. We're all sort of friends now. And, and like, yeah, that sucked. Um, but in my office, we did get a. Uh, an update early on after after Donald took office that was a, a Hatch Act update. He updated the Hatch Act by executive order to include social media. You couldn't, but, but specifically, now the Hatch Act says you can't uh, support or oppose any candidate for political office. And because Donald filed to run in 2020, the day he took office in 2017, he was a candidate for office. So he would he, you couldn't say bad things about Trump that by by the old Hatch Act, but his new Hatch Act said you specifically couldn't use the name Trump and uh, talked about the people who were, quote unquote, resistors. It felt really authoritarian. That's targeted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, is this because of me? Nah, <laughs> nah. But um, wow, if it was about you, holy <laughs> shit. They were. They were monitoring my social media and a lot of other veterans and, and, and mm -hmm. people who worked in the department's social media. And they totally trashed the, the VA whistleblower protection office. Um, I mean, it's it, it was up and down our agency and up and down. I have to imagine all agencies. And yeah, yeah. I was embedded with the Department of Defense. That was part of my job. And even the Department of Defense, the director of, of, um, of the TRICARE regional office there, she was like, all right, you guys, <laughs> it's getting really weird. We, we can't say Trump's name specifically. That is so, God, talk about a frail, brittle old man. My God, he is so fragile. I cannot believe how they frame him as this, you know, nine foot tall, macho, alpha, you know, tough guy. It's, it's amazing that he's able to get away with that. It's one of the biggest lies, one of the biggest fabrications in all of Trump land that he is this tough guy and he's so utterly brittle, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. a frail, narrow-shouldered wisp of a man who can't stand <laughs> up straight. But what well, was cool with the little rebellions that would happen inside right. inside inside our office. You know, yeah. we have the, the photos of the chain of command. Mm -hmm. We have you know Mattis and the Secretary of Defense and the Undersecretary of Defense, Secretary of VA, Undersecretary of VA, Vice President, President. Eight photos, 
and they all have individual little light bulbs on them. And our light bulb in our office, the one that went on Trump's was just out all the time. You, you know, just for some reason, nobody ever changed it. Uh, so he was always in the dark. <laughs> Look at his face. So great. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. And then all of the photos at at the actual VA facilities and the hospitals, when you walk into a a federal facility, they have the picture of the president and the vice president. And for the first time in the history of the VA that that I'm aware of, at least for the whole time I was there and, and I asked no going back, people would vandalize the Trump photo so often so often that they actually had to develop a budget to keep <laughs> replacing that it. photo. Oh my God. Yeah. And here's what I would have done. I would have replaced the official White House photo in the frame with the one where he's dancing at his rallies and it looks like he's <laughs> jerking off two guys at the same time. Yeah. That he's fist- doing the yeah. <laughs> Yes, the right. The optimal tip-to-tip efficiency, as they say in Silicon Valley. Uh, that show, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that so much best scenes. Oh, unfucking believable. And there he is at his rallies actually demonstrating optimal and I'm doing the gesture now, uh, the yeah, optimal tip to tip efficiency. Oh my god. Well, let's uh, turn the page over to the Mazars story real quick. Uh this week the accounting firm of course dropped the Trump organization claimed that 10 years of financial statements couldn't be relied on as accurate anymore. What's your assessment, AG? How bad is this for uh how bad is this for Trump and his boys? This is the, probably one of the worst things that could happen to him since the organization was indicted. Yes. Last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Weisselberg, the CFO, uh, was also indicted. 15 count indictment. And that was just for one scheme. We know that they're investigating now the new scheme. Um, and uh, New York Attorney General Tish James goes to court Thursday uh, to to force Trump, Ivanka, and Donald Jr. to testify, because Eric Trump already did, took the fifth like 500 times. Uh, But this is a big deal, because now this is their accounting firm saying, look, uh, he he gave us all this stuff. We just compile it into a thing. It's mm-hmm. his responsibility whether that stuff is accurate or not. Yeah. And it's the bank's responsibility if they want to do audits. And some of them did. Like Capital One was like, this seems fishy. We're going to do an <laughs> appraisal. And they did. And Capital One's like, yeah, we're not going to restructure your loan based on this bullshit. Yeah. And so Eric Trump ran to Weisselberg's kid who, who works at Ladder Capital, which is, I don't know, like Larry's bank, and uh, <laughs> and, and got, got the loan restructured through them, right? So, yeah. so even banks were like, what the fuck? So now Mazars is like, yeah, uh, we can no longer say that these are even reliable remotely, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we can't do your taxes anymore because of conflict of interest. We're helping the prosecutors. Yeah. So good luck and, uh, you know, peace out. <laughs> But yeah, a couple months before taxes are due. Yeah. Perfect. And I can't imagine. Um, yeah. And then the reason they haven't filed for 2021 yet is because they're still waiting on information from Matt Calamari Jr.'s apartment, <laughs> which they've been <laughs> trying to get for months. Oh, my God. That's exactly right. Holy shit. And by the way, it's not two months. The corporate taxes are due in a month. Uh, mid-March is when they're due. <laughs> You can get a, a, a delay to September, but you yeah, know, right, right. Ours isn't like we're not filing your extension, dude. You got to find a new accountant, and I'm trying to figure out who he's going to get. It's going to just be there with like a 1040 EZ form. <laughs> yeah, and a copy of TurboTax. Yeah, give it to Eric. Like, here you go, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eric, want- you really, you really want him handling your taxes. 
and, and dealing with all of that. The guy, when he pled the fifth, he probably didn't say, I plead the fifth. He probably held out his hand and went, I plead this many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how to count to five, but it's this many. Uh, and I'm, I'm waiting for the Saturday Night Live, if you're listening uh, I would love a sketch on on the Trumps walking into an H and R block to see if they can get their taxes oh, done. Oh God, they got to do it. They got to do it. Now, here's here's another big danger for this, though, Bob, is that the loans, the outstanding loans from Deutsche Bank, who's also cooperating, yeah, uh, and, and Ladder Capital and a couple other others are are coming due in the next two years or so. But now that those loans that the that the accounting firm dumped him on Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> now that, that that they aren't backing that, these these uh, banks could come calling for their loans. They, they should have when when the fucking organization was indicted, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in this, fact, you know what? Could, I, I saw today, I, I saw today, AG, in the Daily Beast that the lenders might be too afraid of Trump's fanboys to rescind the loans or to take any action against Trump. And we've heard similar stories about the congressional Republicans, how afraid they are of Trump supporters. So if you have enough rabid supporters, you can get away with anything you want, right? You can get away with bank fraud and all the rest of it. Yeah, and Deutsche Bank's been paying out billions of dollars in fines. So what's another couple, you know? like. Yeah, yeah. So we will see what happens. But that, but J.P. Morgan Chase is, a, is like, a, you know, well, as legit as a bank could be legit. Mm-hmm. Um, more more legit than Deutsche Bank or Ladder Capital. Yeah, right, like, right. But I don't. I can't imagine J.P. Morgan being like, "Yeah, we'll let it slide this time." And in fact, I mean, some of these loans were guaranteed by Trump himself. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, it's amazing to me that they even have to give it a second thought. We're talking about Donald Trump here. I mean, I always thought. I mean, going back 40 years, I always thought Donald Trump was world renowned for being a crook and being a fraud. And it yeah. seems like you still it still takes coaxing and pushing to get people to realize that it's an amazing bit of sleight of hand that he's been engaged in for all this time. Yeah, a long time. My my mom, actually, my parents who owned a, uh, an architecture firm had done, you know, six figures worth of work uh, in a in a Trump property mm-hmm. and uh, never got paid. They got stiffed. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then they, and then they worked with the Palm Springs city council to block Trump tower in Palm Springs successfully. They're like, don't let that fucking guy come in here. He doesn't mm-hmm. pay any of his building. He's stupid. His buildings are <laughs> ugly. His omelets are terrible. <laughs> right. All right. Hold it. Don't nobody move back with more Allison Gill right after these words. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska. Are you aware of the Martin Act? It's a blue sky anti-fraud law that's in New York. And apparently if Letitia James invokes this law, she won't have to prove intent when it comes to all of these financial discrepancies. This might be the first way Trump is held accountable, at least in terms of the Trump organization and its finances. Do you think that that's going to be the first domino to fall in all of this as far as accountability for Trump? 
For Trump himself? Yeah, I guess Trump, uh, Trump organization, something that's going to eat significantly into his status, his wealth, his political status, et cetera, his, his, his yeah, legal it, status primarily. It, it de- You know, it depends on how long it takes to get the depositions and to, to file the lawsuit uh, or to, you know, to complete the lawsuit. Um, it could still be a, 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 a still take a, a long time. And of mm-hmm. course, we've got the Manhattan DA doing criminal stuff on the other side. Yeah. And a lot of people wondering whether Trump himself can be held criminally liable for any of this. And then so I think the race is on between those folks. And then you got Fonnie Willis, uh, who is expected to make a charging decision mm-hmm. on Trump's election interference with Raffensperger and Lindsey Graham by the end of this year. So uh, it, it seems like. They're like neck and neck and neck. And then, of course, um, but there's Westchester. There's I mean, there's all sorts of investigations. And now we've got the the D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine filing a lawsuit, which the Trump organization was just added back onto. Mm-hmm. But the criminal liability for Donald in the Manhattan D.A.'s office is, is I think, to me, the number one question, are they going to be able to get him? And, and um, he, Trump himself posted, fuck, dude, he's so dumb. He, <laughs> he posted a letter from 2014 from Mazars that said, yeah, hey, um, we used general accounting, acceptable, accepted accounting principles. Uh, but uh, Trump, you know, we just want to let you know, we don't like what you've done here. We're just compiling what you've given us. Uh, and so, and this is, Bob, I've been saying for so long that, that the reason they cared so much about the Mazars documents, which, of which they have over half a million now, wow. is, isn't because of the tax returns. The tax returns don't tell you the story. Mm-hmm. What I thought they, they should be looking for is a, is a smoking gun letter that from the accounting firm that says we are released from liability from any bullshit numbers you give us. Yeah. And I've been looking for that letter and waiting for that letter for over a year, maybe two years. And then Trump just publishes it and says, look, amazing. He goes, look here. It says that they used generally accepted accounting principles. I'm great. I'm fine. I'm golden. But if you read wow. any other part of the letter, it says you suck and your numbers suck. And we just want to <laughs> release our liability from your bullshit numbers. Have a nice day. Uh, it's it blows my mind that 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 he just he just put it out there like it has that real vibe. Like I've been chasing this story for a year and he just tweeted it. Yeah, exactly. And besides, it's something that everyone who has an accountant has to sign a form like that, saying that we're only reporting to Internal Revenue what you're giving us as far as your ledgers go, as far as your receipts go, and so on. That's standard operating procedure for just about any accounting firm. And it's amazing that it took so long to actually find the document. But as I keep saying, Trump always makes things worse for Trump. And he's just like, here, as you were saying, it's so ridiculous that he constantly and this is it's actually a point of frustration for me because still he's able to walk between the raindrops even though he gets on television often admits to things stands up at his rallies and admits to things and then it's still like well i don't know let's uh well we're not used to this kind of just public usually people hide that shit (laughs) yeah exactly law enforcement's like what do we even do uh yeah uh, what's interesting in that letter though, uh, that I just mentioned from, from Mazars in, in 2014 about mm-hmm. the financial condition statement, and is that they say Trump is liable. They don't say the Trump organization. They say Donald Trump himself. Wow. And that, to me, is 
a game changer because it's been so hard and it would be very hard to criminally indict him on anything because he can say, I didn't know my accountants handle that. The organization handles that. But this actually just says him. And so I don't know what's going to happen in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. I don't know if they're going after Oka, Little Rico, or if they're, you know, just looking at, at, at fraud. And then my final question is, where's the IRS on this? Why are the, 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 yeah. That first indictment from a, almost a year ago, summer last year, mentioned federal income tax f- violations mm-hmm. 30 times in that indictment. This so is the Letitia James because she, uh, yeah, there was another document. No, this, this was a Manhattan District okay, Attorney's Manhattan indictment. DA. Okay. Indictment but, of the Trump Organization. Yeah. Uh, but, but Tish James mentioned them about 10 times too. Yes, right. In her recent filing, but uh, all, but last July, that, that indictment mentioned federal tax. This, you know, that easement on Seven Springs Estates, that's a federal tax violation. Where's the IRS on this? Why aren't they investigating? And I, I have I have my theories about why not, because Reddick, Charles Reddick, who makes money off of Trump-owned properties, is mm. still general counsel over at the IRS. I wow. don't know what, you know, Trump holdover. So it's like, why, why aren't there federal tax fraud indictments on this one. It's it's so clearly violations. I, I hope they either explain why there isn't or indict them. Yeah. I mean, the IRS, not often known for their restraint when it comes to these sorts of things. I mean, they, uh, you know, back in 2013, for example, when the Snowden documents dropped about NSA, I was saying, hey, look, if you're concerned about NSA, the IRS has powers far beyond NSA as far as fucking up your life if they want to. And I don't understand how he's been able to dodge the IRS all this time. It seems like he's just low-hanging fruit for internal revenue. And I don't know why they haven't plucked it yet. I don't know either. Yeah. I, 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 they, they pluck me all the time. They're like, hey, you made an extra $76 last year. They <laughs> yeah, right. track me down for four bucks. Oh, uh, so yes. Mm-hmm. He's in penalties. But him, no, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be loyalists inside Internal Revenue. Again, I go to the the purge, go back to what we were talking about initially, and, and maybe that he's you know implanted bureaucrats at Internal Revenue who just won't pass this shit along, just let it fall into the wrong uh desk drawer or something like that but uh i know we've got a hard out with you but uh before we uh let you go i want to talk about the durham allegations running all over fox news and the new york post and everything (laughs) and to to review real quick if you're just joining us fox news is claiming that durham accused the clinton campaign of quote unquote infiltrating and spying on trump tower and the trump white house but that's not actually the story is it ag no they didn't uh the, the DNS data that was obtained by this tech exec one, Joffe, yes. and, uh, and taken to the FBI and the CIA by uh, Michael Sussman, who's been indicted mm-hmm. for, not for that, just for lying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the most ridiculous thing, but the, the, this DNS info, this info about communications between a, a server in Trump Tower and Alpha Bank. DNS lookups, by the way, they aren't, you don't hack. That's no hacking. You don't steal them. Right. Um, it's just a directory, like a telephone directory for the for the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took this information to the FBI and then monitored EOP and, and DNS traffic at the White House when Obama was there, right. not when Trump was there. Amazing. And, and Sussman here says, you know, hey, you went to the CIA 
in uh, on February 9th uh, of 2017. Oh, by the way, statute of limitations is up on that one. And he didn't indict. He just filed this dumb inquiry for conflicts of interest that has nothing to do with any of this DNS server traffic. It's mm-hmm. just a He's abusing the courts uh, to to put out if uh, inflammatory information. Oh, you mean Trump is abusing the courts? That's a I that's know, a shocking huh? observation. <laughs> that's not, that's what but he does. Yeah, it's just the dumbest. I know. Thing. And yeah. and it that was it's oppo research. Mm-hmm. It's legal to yeah. do that. It was legal when the Washington Free Beacon hired Fusion GPS. The, the Republicans hired Fusion GPS to to spy on Donald Trump. And then it was legal for uh, Perkins Coie and the Hillary campaign to to then take over the Fusion GPS and get Christopher Steele to do oppo research because he owns an opposition research. There are firms dedicated to opposition research for Mm. political candidates. This is legal. What is not legal is is getting opposition research from foreign adversaries like Russia, which is what the Trump campaign did. Uh, But yeah, I didn't want to mention any of that. So it's, it's just absolute... And the indictment, I'm, I'll say it right here. I predicted this indictment. There's going to be a, a motion to dismiss this indictment from Michael Sussman's attorneys. Latham and Watkins is the firm. And they are going to get this indictment thrown out because wow. most of the investigation didn't happen until after the indictment. He, he filed that indictment in September because that's when the statute of limitations was about to expire. Then went to talk to the Hillary Clinton campaign and Perkins Coie to see if Sussman was billing them for this time. It's the dumbest dumb thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I, I will put, I will put money out, bet you a dollar that that shit gets dismissed before it even goes to trial. Just incredible. And there is no actual linkage between or direct linkage between the Clinton campaign and tech executive one. Right. I mean, there's no it's not like uh, the Clinton campaign was writing checks to tech executive one in order to collect this DNS data. Right. No. And, and in fact, Sussman himself didn't even build a Clinton campaign for either meeting. Right. God. So it's, you know, and, and everybody at the FBI, including Jim Baker, who, 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 by the way, Durham investigated in 2018 at the behest of the president mm. for leaks, for being a leaker and a liar. <laughs> God damn. So his star witness, he investigated. Mm. He investigated his star witness who, by, by the way, didn't take any contemporaneous notes. There were no other witnesses. Nobody was there. And Baker himself testified to Congress a year and a half ago that he doesn't remember what Sussman said to him at that no. meeting. So it's, it's, it's in the toilet. There would not be enough. I'm surprised a grand jury pulled an indictment. They didn't pull. I bet we hear a story, Bob, that he tried to get an indictment for the CIA February 9th meeting and couldn't. I bet you I like that. You remember how they couldn't get a a, a indictment on McCabe? Right, right. And so they fired Jesse Liu, who was the D.C. U.S. attorney at the Mm -hmm. time by offering her a job at Treasury and then pulling the nomination out and then shoving fucking Tim Shea in there. It's it's absolute uh, bullshit. And anybody yeah. claiming that there's anything to this is just off their rocker or right wing nut jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They like to take little tiny nuggets of nothing and balloon them up into full blown spying and grievances. That's what they do. Donald Trump does that all the time. It's the biggest scandal in the history of human civilization. It just yeah, all it takes for people yeah. to be put to death. Over it. <laughs> yes, exactly. What's the uh, what's the linkage with the Yoda phone story? Uh, Charlie Savage was kind of winding this into the Durham story too uh, in a piece yesterday, where he completely tore apart this entire story. Uh, but he reminded us that there were these Russian-made phones that were linking up to 
servers, I guess, connected to Trump Tower and the White House, or obviously the Obama-era White House. What is the Yoda phone connection? Mm, I think it's, you know, I have to be, I'm, I'm with Charlie Savage on this, yeah. you know. We should be more concerned about Russians infiltrating Mar-a-Lago staff and putting eyes on those 15 boxes of documents with yes. classified top secret information in them. Mm. That's what we should be more concerned about. Absolutely. Frankly. Absolutely. I guess what Charlie Savage is simply saying that that's just a component of why they were looking into this DNS data, that there yeah, were these Russian-made phones. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't trying to, I mean, he was actually trying to debunk what Fox News and Trump are saying. Uh, with this story, and because New York Times had the, I guess, the exclusive back in September about the Yoda phones, they wanted yeah. to wind that into the uh, into the mix. Yeah, it's, they were trying to protect the White House. They were trying to protect Obama's White House. Yeah, exactly right. People. Yeah. So, what do you say to the folks, uh, real quick, who are losing patience with Merrick Garland and the DC U.S. Attorney on uh, on charges here? I know this has been a, a thing that you've been tweeting a lot about, and I'm generally in the same in the same league with you. What do you say to the folks who are kind of exasperated with Merrick Garland? I I, I say I feel you. Yeah. Um, this I, I wish I had something to compare it to. Yeah. This is the first coup investigation of our lifetimes. Yes. And I don't know how long it's supposed to take. And what I do know is that the, the DOJ operates in silence and they operate slowly. And that, and politics doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. People are going to fill that void with complaints. Um, and these are real and reasonable concerns because yeah. I do agree if Merrick Garland isn't doing anything or doesn't do anything, then that will be the biggest failure yep. of, of any AG in the history of the United States. Mm -hmm. So I have to believe that they are. Well, um, they... I, I don't know how long it's going to take. If we, if the only thing I can compare it to is the Mueller investigation. Mm -hmm. And if we line up the timelines there, it, it started taking about six months before he started dropping indictments on the outer circle, Manafort, Gates, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. If the public reporting that the you know the the DC grand jury that has been impaneled to look at politically charged cases like Sidney Powell and Rudy and that whole group, the crack and strike force, if if the same timeline applies and 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 if the reporting is true that that grand jury uh, started subpoenaing Sidney Powell shit in September, then we're looking at a March April time frame for for indictments to start coming out unless yeah. they hold them all until the end. I mm -hmm. don't I don't know what they're going to do. They could be doing a thing where they aren't going to do anything until they get a referral from a nonpartisan entity like an inspector general or Congress. Mm -hmm. So well, Congress isn't nonpartisan, but it's bipartisan. Right. Right. To, to shield themselves from uh, political looking political. So I, yeah. I honestly, I feel you. I know it's frustrating. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to believe they're doing something because the alternative is unthinkable. Well, it's brand new ground that they're blazing here. Uh, and that's why I think it's taken so long. It's history being made. And, uh, you know, it's never happened before. An attorney general has never investigated a former president uh, and uh, his administration. So this is a brand new territory. I think he wants to make sure he gets it right. That doesn't make my 
patience extend any further than it already is, but still I kind of get what may be going on. Okay, so the podcasts are called Muller She Wrote. In case you've been living in a box and don't know, the <laughs> Muller She Wrote and the, the other podcast is The Daily Beans. Find them wherever you get your podcast. Patreon page is patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. Links in the description for everything under this episode at bobseska.com. And of course, uh, MSW Media has merged with the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Yay! Thank Woo! you. Thank you so much, AG, for your time today. You're the best. Uh, Bob, thank you. I can't wait till you come back on my show. Uh, Anytime, anytime you want. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader